Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Boy, Lloyd Austin done done it now. You done done it, Lloyd Austin. I tell you what, uh, man, the Democrats may even support impeachment of Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin now. I mean, and and here's why. They don't care about the China spy balloon that was hovering over our heads here in Montana. They don't care about, about the horrific way they treated our troops uh, you know, by forcing the jab and, and, and things like that and, and the impacts on mental health. Nah, nah, nah. You know, they don't care about, you know, the wars breaking out all over the place, the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan and how that helped uh, cause all this other chaos like the invasion of Ukraine. Nah, 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 nah. You, you know why, you know why Democrats may even support the, uh, the impeachment of, of, uh, uh Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin? And, and it's not because he, he failed to report or anybody in the Pentagon chain of command failed to report the fact that the Secretary of Defense had been hospitalized. You know why they're going to do it? It's because he disrupted their January 6th celebrations. I mean, think about it. I, I saw this was a great tweet from Christina Wong. Christina Wong is a daughter of a Vietnam veteran. Uh, she did a, a national security uh, correspondent news for, I think, ABC back in the day. Now she's with Breitbart News. She's their national security correspondent. She's joined us on the show before. She does a great job. But anyway, she made a great point. She said, she said, man, Democrats just got to be mad. They got to be outraged that, that uh, their whole January 6th news cycle has been disrupted, has been overtaken by the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, uh, who ended up being hospitalized. It sounds like, uh, I think the latest Fox News radio report that I heard, if I missed it there at the top of the hour, uh, forgive me, I was uh, playing a little music to get to get a little more awake for you this morning here. And uh, But anyway, um, I, I think like he, he actually got sent to the hospital, like in, in, uh, in the back of... Uh, of a, uh, you know, he called nine one one, and they and and he got uh, sent uh, in the back of an ambulance, and and nobody like reported this. He he was at Walter Reed for Pete's sake, uh, which is a military hospital anyway. So this idea that nobody knew that the guy was in the hospital and then never communicated it to the White House. I mean, unbelievable. But uh, but no, forget all that. He disrupted the annual January sixth celebrations because let's be honest, that's exactly what January sixth is for the media and for the Democrats. They love January sixth. They are so happy that January sixth happened. That's why they do these celebrations every year. That's why they make such a big deal out of it every year. Hundreds of riots, hundreds of mobs storm the entire country all year long. And they don't get mad about that, but they love to celebrate January 6th. It's almost as if that's why Nancy Pelosi and D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser never approved having extra security on hand at the Capitol on January 6th. It's almost as if they wanted it to happen. It's almost as if they want to celebrate January 6th every single year. And, and Lloyd Austin done done it. He done pushed their annual January 6th celebrations off the... The, the top of the fold off of the the top story of the newscast so lloyd you done done it they may even support impeaching you now for disrupting the january 6th celebrations uh all right uh, lots to talk about this morning here on montana talks back right after this news break here is your montana news governor greg gianforte and first lady susan gianforte 
have purchased a historic Helena mansion built by one of the state's territorial governors that they eventually plan to donate to the state. Gianforte's office said Monday that the couple purchased the house last week for $4 million and it will be their primary residence in Helena. The Hauser House was built in 1885 by entrepreneur Samuel T. Hauser. Gianforte said that after his time as governor ends, the couple plans to donate the house to the state to use as the governor's mansion. Now, the current governor's mansion has been closed since 2021 for repairs. A federal judge in Montana has issued an arrest warrant for a man accused of killing thousands of birds, including bald and golden eagles, after he failed to show up for an initial court appearance. A second defendant pled not guilty Monday and was released pending further proceedings. A grand jury indictment unsealed last month says the two defendants, working with others, killed about 3,600 birds on Montana's Flathead Indian Reservation and elsewhere. They allegedly sold eagle parts on the black market. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. With breaks of sun and some cloudiness around the area today, we'll see some snow showers mainly in the Bozeman area this afternoon with around an inch possible in Bozeman. Otherwise, looking at high temperature readings to range from about 34 in Bozeman to near 40 in Billings. For tonight, snow showers early in the Bozeman area. Otherwise, looking at cloudy skies, lows from the mid-teens in Bozeman to about 23 in the Billings area. This is weatherology meteorologist Paul Trombley. I love this song. I love nachos. Loving everything? You might be buzzed. You know what I'd love? A ride when it's time to head out. If you see a buzz warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Montana's Eli Gilman with Jerry Rice. We've got some great photos there, plus the Jimmy Rogers postulate and the success of SDSU. Go to MontanaTalks.com for that and more. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, man, one of my favorite memes that I've seen uh, about the uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin uh, saga that's uh, disrupted the annual January 6th celebrations. Uh, somebody does. This is uh, this is some good veteran slash military humor for our, our uh, fellow veterans out there. Paging all the warrant officers. Uh, anyway, this was one of the memes. Uh, I had to share this with my warrant officer friends. In fact, was it It might have been one of our warrant officer listeners who I, I saw this through via Twitter or something like that. But uh, anyway, it says this. It's got a picture of, uh, of uh, now uh, Chief Warrant Officer uh, Lloyd Austin. It says, breaking news. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin has been made an honorary chief warrant officer after disappearing for four days and telling no one. Uh, anyway, oh, there's a guy um, who's where did I see this? Yeah, this was this was on Twitter as well. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Chuck Ritter is. Man, I wa Black Rifle Coffee Company uh, did this YouTube video telling Chuck Ritter's story. He's a he's a Green Beret. I believe he's still on on active duty. I think he's uh, he's one of the senior uh, 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 senior guys back at Fort. At Fort no, I was going to say Fort Bragg, but now it's something. It's Fort something else now. Uh, but anyway, um, Chuck Ritter had made a similar joke about about warrant officers and uh, the Secretary of Defense. Uh, I think he he shared some joke about how how 
All of the uh, the uh, the army warrant officers uh, have now uh, raised their hands and they have voted in support of making secretary of defense. Oh, yeah, here we go. Here's Chuck Ritter's tweet. I just walked into a meeting with a ton of warrant officers. They all had their hands in the air. I asked what was going on. One said they had unanimously voted to make the secretary of defense an honorary warrant since he didn't show up to work and didn't tell anyone where he was for days. And so I, I had to, uh, you know, add on that. I said, well, hopefully he at least left his patrol cap on the table. That way nobody knew he was gone. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is a classic warrant officer man, uh, maneuver out there. You know, they could leave the lunch. They could go wherever. They, but what they do, they leave their patrol cap with their name on it. They leave that on the table, and then people assume, oh, well, they're still here because if, if they left the building, they'd have to have their patrol cap with them. So so uh, anyway, that's a classic warrant man, um, officer maneuver apparently. But uh, no, I'll tell you what, some of the, some of the best uh, folks that I've uh, had the honor of serving alongside were warrant officers because uh, they've got that enlisted background, and then uh, they get the warrant officer training on top of it. And they're, they're really like your, your technical experts. You know, a lot of officers are more generalists and – and uh, organizational management type folks and your enlisted folks, man, they'll tell you what, especially the, the non-commissioned officers, they're the backbone of our military that really get the job done. And, and but, but the warrant officers are the, like a combination of the two. And so, but anyway, it's pretty funny. Uh, he disappeared for days. Nobody knew where he was at. That must be a warrant officer now. They're going to make him forget being. So who, can, who needs to be a secretary of defense when you can be a warrant officer, right? Uh, let's see. Um, uh, oh, speaking of uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, I uh, I was uh, talking about how now Democrats may even support the impeachment of Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin because he disrupted their annual annual January sixth celebrations. Uh, well, Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale uh, has actually introduced articles of impeachments against Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. Now, you, you, as you heard on the show yesterday, we already know that congressional Republicans are moving forward uh, with, with hearings for the impeachment of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, but these articles of impeachment, this is separate from that. This, uh, this would, these would be articles of impeachment against Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. Here's the Fox News radio report. He plans to introduce articles of impeachment against Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, arguing that Austin has violated his oath of office on multiple occasions, writing in part, Secretary Austin knowingly put the American people in danger and compromised our national security when he allowed a spy balloon from a foreign adversary to fly over Maelstrom Air Force Base, home to ICBMs, and allow the Chinese Communist Party to gather intel on American citizens. This dishonesty seems to be a repeated pattern for the secretary as he once again lied to our military and the American people about his health. Now, Dana Perino on The Five on Fox News, you know, she's uh, she's very fair uh, to the other side. And uh, maybe maybe a little too nice to the other side sometimes, but but she still does a great job. But she worked in the Bush administration, so she knows how White House communications work. She says this whole uh, Secretary of Defense saga is a sign that there is zero competence in the Biden administration. He's sixth in line to the presidency. Um, I felt like this could have been a Veep episode if we still had that show around, and I wish we did. But the, the real life situation... One, in some ways, you're like, it's so baffling, it's almost hilarious, but it's also extremely serious. So, as fellow Democrats of his has said, well, it was an extreme lack of judgment, okay? And it was reckless. What about our allies? 
Well, it's not like it's been a quiet time for the U.S. military in the past few weeks. You've had our troops being attacked in the Middle East. You've had a possible Suez Canal crisis. You've had a situation where you have the action taken by the United States to kill an Iranian-backed militiaman in Baghdad while he is not able to respond. Now, they say the chain of command says that CENTCOM had the, had the opportunity, if they found it, to go ahead and strike. But this is the other thing I would say. For President Biden, this is so insulting to him. And if he lets it stand, I think he's making a huge mistake. Uh, he is in a position right now where his administration is being questioned on competence. All right. Uh, and then there's 30 more seconds to go with this clip that I want to share with you after the Farm and Ranch Report. Uh, report. Plus, we got a great message from Jay in Billings and more messages on the Montana Talks app that have come in over the past 24 hours I want to share as well. Good morning, everybody. It's time for your Daybreak Egg Report. I'm Russell Nimitz, and thanks for being with us here on the Western Egg Network. Well, the USDA is hitting the road and hosting more than a dozen in-person and virtual workshops this winter for producers to learn about new and expanded livestock risk management products. With more, here's our network's Rachel Gable. That's right. The Livestock Roadshow, hosted by USDA's Risk Management Agency, the RMA, will highlight policy improvements based on feedback from America's livestock producers as part of the agency's outreach. RMA Administrator Marsha Bunger told me a new weaned calf program is currently being piloted in four states. Weaned calf was just announced this year for the cow-calf. There's never really been before um a livestock product for for the cow-calf producer, and this is that. It is being piloted currently in four states. The deadline is January 31st. If you are in one of the four states, which is South Dakota, Nebraska, Colorado, and Texas. Improvements to livestock insurance options have led to tremendous growth. Bunger said livestock risk protection grew by 250% in two years, with about 27 million head of cattle insured in 2023. Livestock gross margin grew by 600% in two years, with about 14.5 million cattle insured in 2023. Producers attending the Livestock Roadshow events, either virtually or in person, can expect to hear more about annual forage, dairy revenue protection, livestock gross margin, livestock risk protection, pasture, rangeland, and forage, and weaned calf risk protection. For the Fence Post Magazine and Western Ag Network, I'm Rachel Gable. All right, thanks a lot, Rachel. And she says that the next virtual livestock roadshow is scheduled for January 17th. To learn more about the virtual roadshow and to see the full listing of upcoming in-person roadshow events, you can visit us online at westernagnetwork.com or check us out on Facebook. Stay with us. We'll have more ag news right after this. Wheat growers of the North, it's time to push performance to answer the call of Westbred Wheat. With regionally proven varieties like WB9590 and WB9719 offering high yield potential balanced with protein content. Trust Westbred Wheat to help you get the most out of every acre. Now's the time. Boldly grow. Seize the season with Westbred Wheat. Performance may vary. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. 
Cattle producers, it's time for Superior Livestock Auctions Bell Ringer Video Auction, January 10th through the 12th from Oklahoma City. Over 106,000 head of cattle will sell over the three days. Now, sale time each day is 7 a.m. Mountain Time. To view the catalog and videos, jump online and check out superiorlivestock.com. Superior Livestock, committed to buyers and sellers for over 35 years. Again, it's the Bell Ringer Video Auction, January 10th through the 12th from Oklahoma City. Well, from now until July, the USDA is conducting a national study focusing on sheep and lamb health management. The study conducted every 10 years consists of two phases, biological sampling along with two questionnaires, and is available at eggcounts.usda.gov. And I'm sure this will be just one of the many topics covered this week in Denver at the ASI's annual convention, which starts tomorrow and runs through Saturday. In fact, I'm headed there this afternoon, and our coverage this week will be sponsored by the American Lamb Board. For the Western Egg Network, I'm Russell Nimitz. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's see. We had a message from J.M. Billings kicking off uh, the the show this morning here. This came in before we even kicked off the program. Uh, The recent exercise of horror in the Mother Emanuel AME Church, Charleston, South Carolina, was a failed political stunt that profanes everything holy. Sorry, Joe Biden is no preacher, ambassador, teacher, or historian. He is a puppet oracle, uh, a decrepit, biting, poisonous snake who should be kicked. What kind of coffee did you drink this morning, Jay? (laughs) Uh, He should be mocked and laughed out of town. Uh, Yeah, and then he shared this link of of Joe Biden speaking at this uh, church in South Carolina. Uh, You know, and and he was trashing Donald Trump. He was trashing uh, Nikki Haley with false information at that. Uh, yeah, what is it with uh, what is it with Joe Biden's fire in brimstone speeches? Uh, that that just shows the desperation of the Biden regime right now. Uh, and you know, you know, he was especially like he was trying to somehow somehow link Haley and Trump to white supremacy. It's just absolutely disgusting. The division. Division is the only thing that the Biden regime knows. Uh, That's the only that's the only uh, thing that they know. Uh, And and you see the chaos and the division that's happening all over the world because of this lawless regime. But you know what? What one thing you one thing that Joe Biden never mentioned. And and look, I I'm no fan of Nikki Haley's presidential campaign. Uh, I, you know, I thought she did a great job as as ambassador to the UN under Trump, but but I, I, I I'm not a big fan of her presidential campaign. But Nikki Haley removed, and some of you may disagree with her move on this front, but she removed the Confederate era flag from the Capitol. Uh, she removed the Confederate flag from the Capitol in South Carolina when she was governor. Joe Biden, you notice, didn't mention that at the Black Church. Uh, earlier this week didn't even mention that one but you know what was really comical about his speech at the at this uh, at this black church in, in i think it was south carolina he uh he got interrupted by the anti-israel left-wing activists and and you gotta you gotta see this thing that i shared via uh, twitter via x.com slash aaron flint so 
basically you get this chant of ceasefire and there was this anti-israel chant the pro-hamas terrorist chant that the, the the liberals have been doing all across america but they interrupted joe biden's speech and you could just see how, t how he was taken off guard by the whole thing uh, but anyway what, what's funny is if you look at the video you can see how you can see this this basically this this white this uppity white liberal man bun wearing anti-israel guy here uh, you know the uppity white liberal anti-israel man man bun guy disrupting a black church it's just hysterical and uh, i hope that that every black american sees that clip because that's what the, that's who these uppity white liberals are they think they're better than you they think you can come into your church and disrupt your church fox news i'm chris foster Former President Trump's argument that presidential immunity protects him from prosecution for trying to overturn election results is heard by a federal court in Washington today. The judge overseeing President Trump's trial rejected the argument and the Supreme Court turned down a request from prosecutors to hear the case. The trial is scheduled to start in March, but is on hold while the appeal is ongoing. In Washington, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. A mobile phone air raid alert about a missile flyover in Taiwan interrupts an international news conference by Foreign Minister Joseph Wu about threats from China. Prevent the conflict from happening in between Taiwan and China. Uh, he clarifies with a Chinese satellite launch, not a missile, and Taiwan's defense ministry is apologizing for the misunderstanding in the English translation. Taiwan holds presidential and parliamentary elections on Saturday. America's listening to Fox News. Yeah, this, this you know, uppity white liberal, anti-Israel guy, the uppity white liberal guy with the man bun disrupting the black church. This, this to me is so symbolic of the liberal left in America right now. Uh, there's no problem. There's no major problem with white supremacy in America. But you know what the problem in America is? Liberal supremacy. These uppity white liberals think they're better than you. And when I say you, I'm talking to every single one of you. You might be on a. You might be on the Crow Reservation right now. You might be on the Northern Cheyenne Reservation right now. They think they're better than you. They think they're smarter than you. That's why. That's why they. They think you should be dependent on them. You might be one of our black listeners right now. Yes, these uppity white liberals think they're better than you. They don't even think you're smart enough to figure out how to get your own ID card to go vote. And, and of course, if, if you're just, you know, Joe Schmo, Joe the plumber, hauling your tools to go do actual real work today, of course they think they're better than you and smarter than you. And they look down at you. That's why this this video of the the left wing uh, protesters disrupting Joe Biden's speech is just so hysterical because it exposes the uppity white liberal left for exactly who they are, and and it's no wonder that that more and more black voters day by day are starting to turn their backs on the Democrat Party, uh, and and hopefully they do in in, in a major way in 2024 because uh, because our country is in. In desperate need of uh, of saving right now, that's for sure. Uh, oh, I was going to play that. Let's see, there was one more part of what Dana Perino had to say about Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, and just goes MIA. Some are calling it goes AWOL for what three or four days. Nobody in the White House even knew about it. Whatever. And uh, anyway, let me see if I queued it up in the right spot. 
Here's a here's the final ah, 30, 40 seconds or so of what she had to say. And this shows that there is no competence. They haven't had a cabinet meeting since October 2nd. I don't know if any of them talk to each other. Meanwhile, you have the Secretary of State running all around the world trying to prevent the war from widening. And he needs the cover of the defense secretary. He has no idea that anybody is that is out. And I feel like I don't like it when people say he should be fired. But I do think if Biden allows him to stay, that's another lack of judgment because it's just too serious to let it go. Yeah, so even the the very nice, the very cordial, uh, the very fair to the other side, Dana Perino says that this is a sign that there is zero competence in the Biden administration. And so here you have an incompetent administration with their leader now traveling across the country, angrily lashing out uh, at, at their political opponents and threatening political force and threatening the use of power against their political opponents. But they're not just threatening it, they're actually using government power and government force to intimidate their political opponents and to try to keep their political opposition off of the ballot in the 2024 election. Newt Gingrich had some very interesting remarks on that front. Uh, he says it's only going to get worse. Uh, I'll play that coming up next. Some of the Hey, for those of you that watched the National Championship FCS football game between Montana and South Dakota State, did you see the phony campaign commercial from Liberal Senator John Tester? Well, we got a fact check for you. Basically, John Tester voted for the bill that was going to strip away funding for Hunter's Ed programs in the schools, but now he claims to be the hero. A full fact check, video response from Navy SEAL Tim Sheehy, and much more. Go to MontanaTalks.com or download the app on your phone. Hey guys. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. That's funny. I was asking Jay in Billings, man, what kind of coffee are you drinking this morning? Uh, he was all fired up before we even fired up the program. We got a message from him on the app at like 6.03 in the morning in the middle of the Fox News update. We get rolling at uh, 6.06. But, uh, yeah, it must have been responding to one of the uh, Fox News update stories there. But uh, he says, LOL, Black Rifle Coffee. A lot of it by this time of morning. Uh, yeah, that that was kind of funny because I was, uh, you know, I was uh, joking about uh, warrant officers and uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin being named an honorary uh, chief warrant officer after going missing for days and telling no one. And uh, Chuck, uh, Chuck Ritter had a, a funny tweet uh, in a similar vein. And uh, I was saying how Chuck Ritter uh, was featured in a Black Rifle Coffee video uh, where they, they told kind of his uh, incredible story uh, when he got, uh, got shot in Afghanistan and kept staying in the fight uh, and everything. And so it's, and it, was a, it was a great video that I finally took the time to watch over the holidays. Uh, anyway, let's jump back into it here. Uh, 406-294-0970 is the number. If you got something you want to talk about, uh, or you can just message us on the Montana Talks app as well. So uh, former Speaker Newt Gingrich, he was on, let's see, was he on? I think he was on with Laura Ingram last night. And what caught my eye is he was reacting to uh, this top line budget deal that apparently there's there's an agreement 
uh, between uh, House congressional leaders and Senate leaders. So apparently, uh, uh, Senate Democrat leader uh, Chuck Schumer and Speaker of the House Mike Johnson have come to an agreement on the top line spending. So, so they've they've come to an agreement just on the top line spending uh, deal to try to avoid a government shutdown. Now, I. What, what that tells me is that, okay, they've agreed on the top lines, but the full deal is not finalized yet. Uh, because I know a lot of people were like, what, what the heck? They've already come to an agreement. What the heck? We need border security. Border security needs to be the number one priority, just like Congressman Jim Jordan uh, mentioned on uh, Sunday Morning Futures, the, the audio clip that we shared with you yesterday. Uh, so, but it sounds like they are still having uh, the border security uh, discussions. They are still having border security uh, talks. That's part of the details now. After they agreed on the top lines, now they're 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 talking more specific details, including border security. But nonetheless, uh, as things stand right now, with this top line budget agreement, and and with so far uh, there being no uh, clear deal on border security. Uh, former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich is telling Speaker Johnson, don't do it. Don't support this deal, basically, without border security. So that's what caught my eye, and you'll hear that towards the end of this clip. But what also was interesting that, that Newt Gingrich was talking about was he was talking about how things are only going to get worse here as we head into 2024. You see how desperate the Biden administration is. You see how they are, they are, they're, like a, they're like a wounded animal. A wounded animal is more likely to bite. A wounded animal is more likely to lash out. That's what the Biden administration is. They are failing on every single front. So, so that's why, why, why they are angrily lashing out. That's where they are biting back against the American people. That's where they're biting back against Donald Trump and, and all of, of the Make America Great movement because they are a wounded animal that is failing on all fronts. And so they're violently lashing out now and biting back. And so as a result, Speaker Gingrich says the Biden administration is going to get even more desperate and they're, and they're going to ramp up their weaponization of the Justice Department in particular heading into 2024. What you're dealing with is a team that believes in the rule of power, not the rule of law. And I think you I don't think we can imagine how prepared they are to do whatever it takes to make sure that we can't win this fall. I'm, I'm genuinely worried for the country really for the first time in my life. I think, I think you're faced with a totally corrupt, uh, radical ideology that is prepared to, in every way it has to, use every element of power that it's got. And frankly, with the federal government, the New York state government, the yep. attorney in, in, in uh, uh, Fulton County, they have a lot of tools to bring to bear to try to destroy us because they're terrified of us. Well, with I think the majority, they know it. Yeah. Well, Newt, at the same time, I think we have to not demoralize the people out there to think all hope is lost. There's going to be cheating the election. They're going to cheat, cheat. Yeah. cheat. Well, OK, then everyone can just pick up, you know, their, their sticks and go home. I mean, I think this is where you got to you got to make sure that Republicans run a 50 state campaign. And this has got to be a Reagan style landslide for Trump. I, I, I don't think this could be dabble around in the in the, you know, the, the, the usual states of the battleground states. I think this has got to be a campaign for America, all 50. No, no, look, I agree with that entirely. My only point is we had better have a strategy, all of us who are activists, for what we do if you have a radical judge in a, in a district that went 19 to 1 against Trump, 
with a radical U.S. attorney deliberately trying to destroy the election. I, I, I think that's the great threat. I think that Trump will win. I think he'll probably win in a landslide. But don't notice also, your description of the Senate Republicans, they don't get it. The no, country doesn't pathetic. want them selling out to the Democrats. The country wants us to aggressively stand up for America and take the heat if necessary. Your message to the Speaker of the House on this so-called border deal, Newt, tonight, very quickly, one line. Don't What's do your it. message to him? Don't do it. Don't Thank you. Don't do it. Don't no, try it's it. turn it down. Yeah, it's spot on all around there by former Speaker of the House, uh, Newt Gingrich, uh, who knew how to get the job done uh, back in the 1990s. Now, I, granted, I get it. We're in a different, uh, much more dangerous uh, era right now uh, than, than we appeared to be back in the 1990s. But I think I think Newt Gingrich is spot on there. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, so, you know, I mentioned how basically so w- what we've got right now is we've got an agreement, apparently, between House and Senate leadership on the top line numbers. And of course, not every, everybody's not happy with these top line numbers. And uh, yes, it still is way too much uh, spending. Uh, but but what about border security? Let's see where these uh, border security talks stand right now. So the core negotiators, it seems they are closer to getting text. The Republican Senate negotiator James Langford says they should have pages for the Senate to review this week. But getting the Senate on board is just one piece of the puzzle. And getting Republicans in the House to then back that deal is another beast. Democrats are doubting that Republicans actually want a deal. House Republicans have not been in the room for these negotiations, but they are moving forward this week with an impeachment hearing for DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who was on the border today assessing the crisis. And sources tell me that Speaker Mike Johnson is not ruling out just negotiating directly with the White House if these Senate talks don't ultimately pan out. Now, speaking of our southern border, you guys remember when Donald J. Trump was president of the United States, right? Remember, remember the Remain in Mexico program? Remember how he used uh, the, the power of the presidency to be a position of strength for American security, economic security and national uh, defense security. Right. So so when there were migrants uh, trying to come to our southern border and, and come to the uh, come to the United States and, and invade this country, Donald Trump said, hey, Mexico, you will do this or we will do this. That was a position of strength. But now, no, 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 no. See, now Trump's not the president. Joe Biden is the president. So now it's the president of Mexico that gets to start demanding things of us, apparently. He wants us to give them $20 billion. He also is requesting that 10 million Hispanic residents who've been in the United States for more than 10 years, that all sanctions would be removed against 10 million people. He also wants sanctions lifted against Venezuela and a suspension of the U.S. blockade of Cuba in return for being helpful on this flood of migrants who are coming into the United States. So with that, we bring in the House Judiciary Committee Chairman, Ohio Republican Jim Jordan. Uh, Congressman, always good to have you with us. Thank you very much, Chairman. Uh, What's your reaction to this report from NBC that these are the demands of Oberdor if he wants to be helpful? What what is he now? The president of Mexico is a member of Congress? For for goodness, and what a contrast. I mean, President Trump told Mexico, you either help us with this remain in Mexico policy where they're detained and they wait in Mexico while we evaluate their asylum claims, either help us with that or he he said, we'll put tariffs on, we'll, we'll take action. So he was the one dictating how this was going to work. And now we have the president of Mexico telling the Biden administration, I mean, what a contrast. Again, I think it 
it shows just how ridiculous this whole situation has become. And frankly, Martha, the American people understand it. Recent polling shows eight out of 10 Americans know that what's happening on the border is a huge problem. It is a crisis because they understand the magnitude of it. We're on pace. We're on pace in the Biden administration to go to 12 million migrants coming into the country. That is the equivalent of the entire population of Ohio. And we're not a small state. We're the seventh largest state in the country. That's how big this problem is. And now we have the president of Mexico acting like he's a member of the United States Congress, for goodness sake. Yeah, unbelievable. The president of Mexico is saying, give me $20 billion and a whole other list of demands or I allow the invasion to continue. And Joe Biden is doing nothing to stop it, much less stand up to this intimidation from uh, the drug cartel operatives to the south of us. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Biden was mocked for appearing dazed, confused, and mumbling and bumbling and stumbling after his anti-Trump speech when... His own wife has to go out there and escort him off the stage. It's getting worse. I can't think of a Joe Biden public appearance in the last number of months. I don't know, four or five months where everything has gone well, where he's been able to get through a speech, get off the stage and not look dazed, confused and mumbling and mumbling. You know, cognitive decline is something that is degenerative. It never gets better. It only gets worse. And I don't care what medication somebody might be on. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. Imagine a society with a digital dollar and no cash, no tooth fairy or piggy banks, no more selling extra items for cash. A digital dollar means your life could depend on the Internet, electricity and people you don't know. Plus, it means every penny you have could all be tracked. So goodbye to privacy. That's why thousands of Americans have decided to opt out of the government's plans by talking to GoldCo and putting a portion of their savings into physical gold and silver, including Sean Hannity. Sean has personally bought medals from the top-rated company, GoldCo, who has an excellent reputation. They've placed over $2 billion in gold and silver, and right now they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. So call GoldCo at 855-815-GOLD to learn how you could get started today. Tell them Hannity sent you and see if you qualify for up to $10,000 in bonus silver. Call GoldCo at 855-815-GOLD. That's 855-815-GOLD. I rooted deep, growing strong, and this is your co-op. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Did I mention this story yesterday or was it was it last week? I think it was yesterday because, yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was yesterday, probably here in the six o'clock hour of the show. So remember how legislative Democrats in Helena were whining and complaining about the governor's mansion? I know you think about it. You think of all the things to be concerned about, high inflation, destroying people's pocketbooks, high housing prices where everyday people have trouble affording houses. You know, if you're a young couple here, it might be might be hard to, to, to find a new house, to get into a new house because of the 
the interest rates that, that Biden's been forcing on us because of the Joe Biden, John Tester inflation uh, and so much more. But no, no, no. The Democrats in Helena, they're more concerned about they're not concerned about their liberal judge buddies throwing out affordable housing laws, you know, in efforts to actually fix the problem that, that, that got across the finish line. In a bipartisan manner, I would add, no, they're they're all fired up because they think the governor should be spending millions and millions of dollars to fix up the governor's mansion. So there was a previous plan to fix up the governor's mansion. And, you know, look at how expensive it is to build things right now. You know, it's going to cost you a lot more money to build something right now because of the inflation. Right. And so 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 they've they've put a hold on on uh, the governor's mansion construction project. And so the governor's not living in the, the governor's mansion. And the Democrats are outraged. <laughs> so, well, one in particular, one of the Helena Democrats. It's like she's mad because the governor isn't living in the governor's mansion, even though, you know, they were told not to live there because, you know, it needs so many renovations, et cetera. So, so and I'm just sitting here thinking, wow, could these legislative Democrats not be more out of touch? First off, what do you care about what house the governor is living in, whether he's living in his house in Bozeman or living in another house in Helena? I mean, do I care if the governor's living in a mansion or not? No, I don't. Do I, I, I want the governor to get the job done. The governor's getting the job done. That's what matters. But see, these guys, they, they're so desperate to look for any excuse to criticize uh, Governor Greg Gianforte that they're whining about the fact that he's not living in the governor's mansion. Anyway, this is kind of this is kind of cool. So this story came out, uh, I think, after the show yesterday. I got a press release from the governor's office on this. So, and this home looks looks beautiful. I I don't know if you guys have ever been in the historic Hauser uh, home, the Hauser Mansion in Helena. That's not the 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 governor's mansion currently. Um, the, the current governor's mansion has more of a 1970s kind of look to it. This historic Hauser mansion is, man, I, I saw a video. In fact, I've got the video on our Montana Talks website right now where, where the, um, uh, the, uh, the real estate agent from, I think it's Ingalls and Volk, Volker, uh, they put together this video showcasing this, this historic Hauser mansion when it was for sale. And it looks incredible. Uh, and apparently, as, as you might have heard in a previous news report, uh, apparently uh, this home uh, has a very interesting historic connection to the state of Montana. It was built in 1885 by entrepreneur and territorial governor Samuel T. Hauser. The house, which predates Montana statehood, was even home to former Governor Tim Bangpot. So get this. This is the, the cool news update here. Montana Governor Greg Gianforte and his wife Susan who you know started a very successful business in Bozeman, Montana, uh, and have been very generous with uh, with uh, their with their uh, business success. By the way, they have now purchased this historic Hauser Mansion in Helena and donated it, offered to donate it to the state of Montana free of charge. So this could potentially be the next official governor's mansion for future governors uh, down the road. Anyway, isn't it just going to be funny to watch the Democrats over this one? They're still going to figure out a way to attack and criticize Governor Greg Gianforte, who generously donated this incredible piece of history to the state of Montana. But see, no, 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 they don't want him. They don't want people being successful and donating their money freely out of their own pocket. They're mad that you, the taxpayer, isn't being forced to spend millions and millions of more dollars uh, on a fancy uh, government housing project.